to the Unlocked on Anaheim Ducks. We break down every single draft pick made on Tuesday and Wednesday's draft. All of this on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. How's everyone doing on this fine Friday? Thank God it is Friday. It's a little bit cloudy. It's a lot cooler, finally. And fall is right around the corner. Before we get started, I'm your humble host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. And I just want to remind you guys that you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or anywhere you hear your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks and follow me personally at StimpyJD. Before we get into the show, I just want to briefly touch on the fact that we did not have a show yesterday. And in fact, I had to re-record the final segment of today's show simply because a deal happened. So yeah, I have to re-record the show. It's a whole new one. And it's probably for the best because yesterday there was all kinds of construction So I figured, you know what, let's just record it later in the evening when there is peace and quiet. So yeah, this is going to be a late show. This will be an early Friday show, just to let you guys know. Uh, Let's see, let's talk about the NHL draft. Round one was on Tuesday. I already talked about round one briefly on Wednesday's shortened show. We're really going to break things down for you on today's show. And we'll start with the number six overall pick. The Ducks' first first-round pick, and that was where they selected some really awesome player, Jamie Drysdale, a right-handed defenseman from the Erie Otters of the Ontario Hockey League. He's five eleven, a buck seventy, projected to be probably the best defenseman in this year's draft. And looking at elite prospects, uh, he grades very well on the one to nine scale. Skating is seven and a half. Shooting's a 5, but passing and puck handling's a 7. What I like a lot, his hockey sense, his hockey IQ is rated at an 8. Something else about him, he is rated as best four-way mobility, best straight-line skater. What does that mean exactly? Well, for those of you that are somewhat new or don't know, uh, best straight-line skater, that basically means that he is the best skater from face-off dot to opposite face-off dot on the opposite side of the ice. Not in the same zone, but going across the blue line, across the red line, across the blue line. So from face-off dot to opposite face-off dot, that's what that means. He's also rated as the second best transition defenseman and second best offensive defenseman. So those are some very high praises for a guy from Erie. What I like about his game, well, first off, I did want Alexander Holtz. I wanted that right wing shot. And Jamie Drysdale has a good shot. But where he, I guess, thrives the most is his skating ability. People know that he's one of the best skaters out there. And he knows it as well. One thing that's really good about his offensive play is he can quarterback the power play with extreme precision. Something that I touched on on Wednesday's show. Uh, When he wore the colors of his country on the U-20 World Hockey Championships, he played probably some of the best hockey of his life, and he brought out everything and the kitchen sink. And as I've mentioned before, the foundation of his game is his skating. So I touched on that briefly, but a little bit more as far as the scouting report on Jamie Drysdale. 
This coming from the Elite Prospects Draft Guide. Something seems to click as soon as he enters the offensive zone. Deference turns to horrifying precision. Drysdale is a deceptive operator from the offensive blue line, baiting forwards with false signals through his shoulders and transferring his weight in the opposite direction to attack the newly vacated space. He's more of a playmaker than a shooter, but Drysdale's adaptable first and foremost. He's going to make the best decision regardless of any preference for one type of play rather than the other. Since Drysdale's a defenseman, it makes sense that we broach his play from the defensive third, which is an area of weakness relative to the other parts of his game, which are all very strong. His work rate is okay. He's not especially active on the puck on the puck defender, opting rather to contain his opponent than to dispossess him of the puck. Which is to say that it, it's a small little thing, to be honest. He doesn't get into the dirty areas of the ice as much. You don't see him as much in the corners. But he does try to get to the defenseman, you know, on certain areas. That's fine. He's still a good defenseman, to say the least. I mean, that's why he was ranked so highly. This is going to be that little key area of the game where he's probably going to want to bulk up a little bit. Again, he's 5'11", only 170. I mean, I'm six foot 170, and I'm somewhat on the skinner side. Yeah, he needs to bulk up just a little bit if he's going to become a better defenseman on the defensive side. He's probably one of the most brilliant skaters of the whole draft as far as defenseman goes. And like I've mentioned several times, he can quarterback a power play with great ease and generate great results both ways through the neutral zone. He gets into the neutral zone and the offensive zone pretty effectively, something that the Ducks have needed some work on. Again, they were one of the worst at that. They were one of the worst power plays in the entire National Hockey League. So here's a great comparison and this is from NHL Network's analyst Brian Lawton. Here's what he had to say about Jamie Drysdale. Quote, Drysdale is kind of a mini Eric Carlson, in my opinion. Kind of a similar type player. He's got incredible stamina. He has an incredible ability and a very rare ability for NHL players to not make the first pass and come up with the better option. Most of the coaches just want him to move it to the open guy and get out of the zone. This kid is more like a Patrick Mahomes or a Tom Brady in that he'll call an audible. He'll make his own reads. They'll be really high level, and he'll consistently come up with the right decisions. That's his special talent. Not the biggest guy, but he has the ability to really drive play. So I am really, really high on him. End quote. And once again, that is from the NHL Network's Brian Lawton, talking about Jamie Drysdale, the young defenseman from Erie. Yeah, the Ducks wanted their defenseman. They were going to go after one of two guys. They were going to go after Sanderson, who ended up going fifth to Ottawa, or the aforementioned and now newest member of the Ducks, Jamie Drysdale. Yeah, they were going to go after Jake or Jamie. Once Sanderson was called, GM Bob Murray said it was an easy choice. And here's what Bob Murray said. Quote, We only had a choice of one defenseman by the time we picked. Martin and I decided a while back that if all possible, we were going to get a defenseman with that pick. We had the two D-men go side by side. We had them. 
once Ottawa took Sanderson, we were not playing around with that draft spot anymore. We were going to take the pick and get the defenseman we wanted. It worked out very well for us today. We were hoping both didn't go in front of us, and they didn't. Lucky for us today. End quote. So maybe GM Bob Murray did have a plan. He did, for the sake of argument, go after a right-handed shot, just not the right-handed shot that I thought they were going to go. I thought they were going to go Alexander Holtz, who is a right-handed shot. But no, they decided to opt for the right defenseman, which is fine. I'm okay with the pick. As far as the polls go, it seems like most Ducks fans liked the pick. They liked it pretty well, to be honest. I think Duck fans liked the second pick in the first round a little bit better just because we didn't expect that other pick to drop down further. But a little bit more on Drysdale before we head into the first intermission. Once the minds were made up of the GM and the front office people, they were super ecstatic because in their minds, they think he's going to be one of the defensemen of the future. The Ducks have said this before with the likes of Cam Fowler being their defense of the future, but this one might be true. He's one of the he's a more dynamic player than probably any of the D-men that the Ducks currently have. They they have a player that's one of the best skaters with offensive know-how. I mean, yeah, once again, right-handed, that does not hurt at all. That's what they desperately need in their system. He is expected to sign right away. And he's expected to join the San Diego goals at first. Or maybe have one more year of development. So he's probably not going to come up this coming season. And again, this is if there's an AHL season. But I suspect he will have one year of developing before being called up to the Ducks. Hmm, this sounds familiar. Where have I heard this before? Oh, last year. If you guys recall... In the 2019 draft last year, Trevor Zegris, he was picked ninth overall. And now Trevor Zegris is a pro. He just signed an entry-level deal. So it's it sometimes takes that one year to make a big difference. Last year, Zegris played with Boston University. He had that stellar juniors run where he got highlight assist after highlight assist. Trevor Zegris is coming to the Ducks probably next year. I would say Drysdale, he's probably going to need a year, and we expect him to join the Ducks just in time for the Seattle Kraken to join the league. So we we talked enough about Jamie Drysdale. That is their big pick. And honestly, now that I'm thinking more about it, that's a pretty damn good pick if you ask me. All right, we're going to head into the first intermission, and we've gone way over time. So we're going to talk briefly about Built Go which is part of the Built Bar Company. Built Go is an energy gel that comes in three fantastic flavors like chocolate coconut, chocolate mint, and peanut butter honey. And this is great. It combines fantastic energy with excellent protein. So it is one of the best protein gels in the market currently. And sometimes you need that to just you know, go climbing on a mountain, which I'm going to do later today. So I'm going to take my built go with me, take my built boost with me and take my built bar with me. All of those items you can find at builtbar.com. 
and enter promo code. Lo- oh, sorry. It's, yeah, builtbar.com, promo code locked on, and get $10 off your next order. Once again, that is Built Go, part of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land and the best tasting energy gel in the land. Check them both out. Coming up after the first intermission, we're going to talk about some of the other draft picks and we're going to break them down. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I see that we are due to talk about DoorDash. Hey, I'm pretty hungry myself. If you are looking for some of the best food to be delivered right to your front door, then check out the DoorDash app. Maybe you're craving some delicious sushi like I am, or maybe you just want some pasta from the Italian restaurant down the street. Maybe the kind of pasta with capers because that sounds really delicious. Maybe you just want some fried chicken right to your door. Well, enter Locked On NHL and you'll get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. Once again, enter promo code Locked On NHL and get five bucks and no delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. Once again, that is the DoorDash app. Download it today. And let's talk about the second pick that the Ducks made. This was also in the first round. This pick I loved a lot. When I saw that John Jason Paterka was on there, I thought, okay, the Ducks are probably going to get him. But then I saw Jacob Perot sliding and sliding down further. And I thought, Maybe there's a chance that the Ducks could get him. Then the 26th pick happened. And I was like, oh crap, he's available. Maybe this is the winger the Ducks should get. And lo and behold, that's exactly what they did. So with the 27th pick of the draft, the Ducks got Jacob Perot, a center slash right winger from the Sarnia Sting of the Ontario Hockey League. This was a steal. I thought he was ranked 21st overall by elite prospects. And by the way, uh, for what it's worth, Drysdale was ranked fifth and ended up being number six. Perot was ranked 21st and ended up being picked number 27. This one was such a steal. Uh, Here's some of his grades. Skating, six. Shooting, 7.5. Passing, six. Puck handling, six. Hockey sense, six. Another... Great IQ player with an excellent shot. As I mentioned before, one of the top five shots in the entire draft. His shot is very accurate as well. And I mentioned the quote from Rachel Dory last time. Uh, His skating is still pretty decent, but his shot, man, his shot is one of the best in the league as far as the Ontario Hockey League, League is concerned. And I expect him to honestly have also a year of, I don't want to say conditioning, but development before he eventually joins the Ducks, hopefully next season. And by that, I mean not 2021, but the 2022 season. Perot is only 18 years old. He's still very young. Got a little bit to work on. Uh, One thing he has to work on is his physical game. 
Yeah, he is 5'11 and almost 200 pounds. His physical game is getting better, and that is something that still needs to develop. But overall, his shot is so high level that some people are projecting him to be a top six forward, which is saying a lot. I have him projected as a top nine forward, which is not bad either. If you can have a sniper like that on your third line, you would take that in a heartbeat. But the absolute ceiling would be top six, but I just see him as top nine. I think he will be an excellent addition to the Ducks second or third lines. He'd make a great addition to the Ducks second power play unit and eventually move up to the first power play unit just because of his shot. It is super deceptive. The backhand shot is what I like about him the best. Uh, It is very deceptive. It's such a great shot. That's what I like a lot. For being a number 27 pick, it is, I guess, considered by the Ducks to be a high-end scorer. Yeah, that's what they're going. They wanted high-end skill, and they got it. Was he the top pick that they had? Well, No, because the Ducks expected him to go somewhere in the top 20s. I don't think a lot of people expected him to drop that far, to be honest. And he was by far the best player available. And again, I still can't believe that he landed with the Ducks. That was such a steal. Uh, Drysdale's going to work on defensive side. But Perot, he's got to work a little bit more on skating. Because again, he is a good skater, but he can always improve on that. Now, the pick of Jacob Perot, that was considered a sensible pick because, you know, there there were other forwards still on the board, but they don't carry as much offensive potential as the son of a long-time center in the league. Well, what am I talking about? I'm talking about Yannick Perot. For those of you that are a little bit older like myself, Yannick Perot was a long-time player If I remember correctly, I believe he played for Toronto. He played up in Canada for most of his career. And I'm just going to pull this up very quickly. I know he played in Montreal for sure. I know he played in Toronto for a while. He's also, or he was also a former LA King. What, you thought I wasn't going to bring that up? Yeah, of course I'm going to bring that up. Yeah, he was a former LA King back in the days when I was visiting the Forum. And there was no Mighty Ducks team yet. So that was, I guess, his his first full team was the LA Kings back in the early to mid-90s. Part of those teams with Gretzky, Robitaille. And by the way, yes, he did also wear the Burger King jersey. Yeah, I went there. Uh, he did play a few years in Toronto, played a few years in Nashville. Also played half a season with the Phoenix Coyotes before going back to Toronto and ending his career with the Chicago Blackhawks. Overall, Yannick Perot, he scored 247 goals, 516 points, and 859 career games. That's not bad. Uh, he played in the league for 14 years. So another long-time player. But for a few seasons, he was pretty good. Uh, he had some seasons with the Kings. 25-goal season, a 24-goal season with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then his three years in Montreal, he did pretty well. 67 goals in 224 games. That's not bad. So he's got some pedigree in his bloodline. Yannick Perot, the longtime player in the NHL. And I have Jacob Perot, 
who was now in the Ducks system. So congrats to Jacob. As far as the other picks go, I'm going to talk briefly about this next pick, which is Samuel Colangelo at number 36. This one was kind of a weird one to me. Sam Colangelo was rated lower pretty much across the board. According to Elite Prospects, Samuel Colangelo was ranked 79th overall. Yeah, they had him that low, if you can believe it. But, still a great player in that position. The Ducks obviously going for, I guess, position in this case. So, let's talk a little bit more about Samuel Colangelo. Uh, Sam is from the Chicago Steel. So you got Sam Steel. Ah, see what I did there? Uh, from the USHL. And I bet that if we can get Sarah Avampado back on here, she can tell us a little bit more about Sam Colangelo from the Chicago Steel. But he's 6'2", 205 pounds. A heavy, heavy shot. He's committed to Northeastern for the 2020-2021 season if they play college hockey. So he's another right winger with a great shot. He can play center. He's pretty good in the faceoff dot. Uh, as far as we know about Sam Colangelo, in 44 games last season, he had 58 points, 28 goals, 30 assists. The best attribute for him is his vision. His vision is ranked very high. Here are his grades. Skating. This is why he was ranked lower. His skating, 3.5. Skating is way below average. And I guess this is what the Ducks need. They wanted another heavy skater. Uh, shooting, 6. Passing, 5.5. Puck handling, 5.5. Hockey sense, 6. So overall, the, the hockey sense is still good and he does have a great shot. And here's a quote straight from the Elite Prospects Draft Guide. With the puck, Colangelo's skill set allows him to do it all. He's a smart player and finds his teammates in areas with enough space for them to make plays. It's Colangelo's vision that serves him best of all his tools in the offensive zone. He's a credible one-touch passer, scanning the offensive zone and maintaining a detailed mental map of the ice that allows for a high-pace offensive attack. So a little bit of praise there as far as Colangelo goes. Yeah, he scores goals. That's what the Ducks need. He's probably going to take maybe one, maybe two years to develop. Uh, he's a little older. He's 19 years old. He's going to be playing at Northeastern next year. He might take a little more time to develop, but maybe when he goes pro at age 21, he will be right there jostling for a position with the Anaheim Ducks. Here's some more about Colangelo. Quote, a right winger with a lot of size and grit. Colangelo boasts a consistent style of play in both ends of the rink. His defensive play is among the strongest on his team, and he effectively uses his 6-foot, 205-pound frame effectively to rub guys off the puck. End quote. Uh, actually, he's 6'2", 205. Now, about the skating. Here's what it says in the guide. I'm going to read this verbatim. A skating stride that we sometimes refer to as, quote, the skating, when we broached it in our correspondence over the year with one another. Colangelo would be a first-round prospect if he could move, but he can't. This breakdown of Colangelo skating 
found in a Mitch Brown game report from January, does a great job of itemizing the Legion flaws one by one. Here's what the quote says. Quote, The skating remains a problem despite clear improvement since the start of the season. His recoveries are wide on both sides with caving in at the knees, but he's a bit closer to bring his knee under his shoulders on the right side. On the left, he has a significant out toe with more exaggerated caving at the knees. Unable to achieve proper depth through the ankles with forward tilted hips, his weight over his toes rather than centered over his foot, he lifts his skate without twisting his ankle to complete the extension, then drags his feet back to their starting position. Crossover usage and timing are his best skating attributes, but his crossovers lack extension because of the lack of depth. He doesn't get knee over knee. I acknowledge the improvement, but he has a long way to go. I think his off-puck offense is a top 9 caliber, but without improving his skating significantly, he'll be too slow to make use of it in the NHL. End quote. That is very interesting. I'm kind of breaking this down in my head as far as what exactly he's doing. Uh, the Alto is not going to do well in the NHL because um, I, I know I sometimes have done that when I've gone skating because I tend to be more in toe personally and that was something that I had to work on. So he needs to straighten that out a little bit. Uh, the exaggerated caving, that's not good. That probably demonstrates that the balance is not his top attributes. So maybe he's got to work on balancing a little bit. That's kind of a scary thought when you think about it. Uh, because when you try to when you try to power off on your heel like that and you cave in a little bit, it's going to slow you down a little bit. And I'm kind of imagining uh, skating myself, even though I haven't skated in a while because, you know, COVID. Uh, just thinking about the kind of thrust and push off that you need, uh, that's going to cause some problems. And he could end up just banging into his own skate if he continues that kind of movement. And that's not what you need. You don't need someone that's going to trip over himself. We see that way too many times in juniors. I still see it sometimes in the American Hockey League with guys that just don't skate. Am I saying that San Colangelo is going to be one of those guys that never makes the NHL and is destined to be in the AHL? Uh, Not exactly. He's got a lot of work to do, and he's going to have to improve that skating. Otherwise, he could end up being that high second-round pick that never makes the NHL, but just kind of lumbers around in the AHL for a while. Again, this is something that I notice from watching several years of minor league hockey because that's where I primarily am. I primarily cover minor league hockey. I've seen enough local games, Ontario, San Diego, Bakersfield, what have you. Skating is always one of those issues that prevents several players from making it to the National Hockey League. And hopefully that's something that can be improved in the next year. But if that's the biggest problem, it'll definitely take more than one season for him to make the National Hockey League. It'll take at least two seasons. So that's well, that's my take on Sam Colangelo. Not that it's a bad pick. It's still a good, solid pick. If he can work that out, then it could be considered a steal later on. And like the draft prospects guide says, 
that's why he's not a first round pick is just his skating and that's why he was ranked so low was I surprised with that pick a little bit but is he still one of the best shots you bet your you know what that he's still one of the best shots uh, we're gonna head into the final intermission the second intermission uh, what are we talking about next let's talk about Roman oh we're at this part of it now all right let's talk about Roman and let's talk about ED because you know we're already here and talking about erectile dysfunction is never easy usually we brush it off we make some kind of excuse saying I had a long day at work or I'm just not feeling you know I'm not feeling it but with Roman it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication it's simple safe and totally discreet and you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Roman will ship it to you free with two-day shipping, and a healthcare professional will help you out to find the best treatment plan. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. By going to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. And if approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. Once again, that's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. Once more, GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. After the second intermission, we're going to talk about the rest of the picks. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, it's gotten a little warm here. And if you can hear in the background, the air conditioner is on. It's a little warm. It's Southern California, folks. All right, let's get back to the final selections that the Ducks made in this year's NHL entry draft. All right, with the number 66 pick, this was a good third round selection. I thought this was a solid one. Uh, he was ranked number 68 in the Elite Prospects Guide. Uh, good defenseman here. Ian Moore from St. Mark's Prep School in Boston. He's from Massachusetts. He's born and raised there. All right. A few things about Ian Moore. This is definitely a long-term type of deal that he made. All right. So Ian Moore. He's committed to Harvard which means the Ducks will have yet another prospect in Harvard, uh, including Henry Theron and Jack Bedini. So, yeah, that's the third player for Harvard now. Hmm. But he's going to play for the Chicago Steel next season because we don't know if there's going to be college hockey this year. So it looks like he's going to play for the Chicago Steel. He's, as I put on my tweet, a very raw defenseman who's a gifted skater and a very tall frame. Uh, He's very, very lanky. He's listed at six foot three, only 165 pounds. Wow, that's lighter than me, and he's got three more inches. So he needs a little bit of muscle on him. Uh, grades, five and a half skating, six shooting, five passing, five puck handling, four and a half hockey sense. He looks like he could be an organiza- organizational depth kind of guy. 
he probably tops out to possibly be an NHL or probably third line defenseman. Uh, a little bit more about him. He's got really good puck carrying skills. In fact, here's what uh, Daniel G, crossover scout, had to say about Ian Moore. Quote, Moore's ability to create speed through the neutral zone is so impressive. All right, I like that. Uh, here's what else he had to say. Quote, He can generate solid push-through and extension using his long legs. Great use of crossovers to generate power on rushes. Explosive forward stride at times. Recoveries end directly under his body. And 90-degree bend when he activates. Can play an aggressive gap due to mobility. Rush threats mitigated by his pressure. End quote. I like that a lot. Uh, Here's what else G had to say later on. Quote, Moore has a hard and accurate slap shot. He drops to one knee and generates a ton of flex on his shot. Showed the ability to beat high school goalies clean from the point. Wrist shot also has some velocity to it. He's a dangerous tip threat due to the height and speed of the shot. End quote. Hmm. I like that one a lot. Uh, It looks like he just needs to bulk out. That's one of those things. If he can bulk out to maybe 6'3", 190, 195, and continue to work on his skating, he could be an effective defenseman down the line. Uh, The upside to him is possibly being a top six defender, so making the team. Um, Some scouts even have him as a possible top four defenseman. That's a lot of upside, but it's going to take a lot of time. Uh, He's going to go to Chicago. He's committed to Harvard. So this will take some time. This will be another one of those projects that if it pans out, it will pan out big time. So let's see what the Ducks can do with him. As far as where he fits into the organization, he's going to be probably in San Diego in two to three years. Just like the other boys from Harvard. If you guys remember last year, about almost a year ago, Harvard was down here in SoCal, and they had a couple of guys in their system playing at Harvard. I think they're still going to play at Harvard, but again, uh, with the uncertainty of next year, you kind of have to play where you can get some seasoning. So that's Ian Moore. Then the Ducks made a few more draft picks that aren't on the guide, and here's what we know a little bit about. Uh, And we're going to rush through these because... It is already half an hour in. Uh, with the number one, with the 103rd pick, fourth round, the Ducks got Timo Nickel, a pretty lanky defenseman. So Timo Nickel, he's from, I'm sure to get this right, the Drummondville Voltigeurs from the Quebec League. Yeah, I think I said that right. If I didn't, oh, well, you know, French is not my first language. Uh, but Timo Nikol is the first ever Anaheim Ducks Austrian draft pick, for what it's worth. So this is another one of those organizational type things. He's a pretty good defenseman. Um, this is not a bad pick overall. His upside or his ceiling tends to be organizational, possibly making a top six defenseman, but he's pretty raw has a lot of skills that he has to work on. 
Another one with some pretty good speed. Uh, good strides. A pretty solid shot, so kind of like their previous defenseman picks, but a little bit of seasoning to do. So that is Timo Nikol. And then we have with the... What is this? This is the 128th pick. The Ducks did get a left winger here. And he's a Russian player. Alright, they got... I'm seeing this right. Artyom Galimov. Hey, I think I got it. Artyom Galimov from Russia. The Ducks don't get many Russians in the draft. And that's fine. This is the first Russian they've gotten in the draft since Igor Bobkov in 2009. He's already 21 years old. He's playing in the KHL with AK Bars Kazan. Uh, just as far as we know so far, he has in 12 games so far this season, 3 goals and 4 assists. Not bad. Really wicked slap shot. Still has to work on skating a little bit. But overall, not, not a bad pick. Another depth pick. That could end up in the AHL and become a fascinating asset to the Ducks later on. Then we round it out. They had, well, it was supposed to be one more pick. Supposed to be. And with pick number 159, they got Albin Sundsvik from Sweden. Yeah, so they got their Swede after all. Uh, very good size here. Six foot two. Very, very nice shot. Uh, the breakdown on Albin Sundsvik. He's a 19-year-old kid who's gotten 6 points in 54 games with Skelfti. Uh, he only has 1 assist in 4 SHL games so far this season. And he had 4 points last season in 38 SHL games. So far in his career, he's gotten 69 points, which is nice, in 83 career Swedish Junior League games. And we're talking about the J20 Super Elite uh, once again, from Sweden, he was one of those kids that helped Sweden win a gold medal in last year's Under-18 Championships. A little bit more about Sundsvik. Uh, like I said, pretty solid shot. Has a lot of work on him. He's He's got a lot to work on. Again, he's another raw kid, 19 years old. He could place into any team, I think. His wrist shot is his best asset. It's a quick release. It's a good release. A little bit of a deceptive release without a lot of wind-up. So that's that's good for him. Uh, stick work is very good. The big thing, and I'm going to say this again, he needs to be more physical. He's 6'2", 180-something pounds. So he's got to bulk up as well, and he's got to become a more defensive type player. So that is the breakdown on Albin Sundsvik. Now, I thought the draft was over at this point for the Ducks because they didn't have another pick after this. Well, yeah, that didn't happen. The Ducks made a very, very late trade towards the end of the draft where they made a trade with the Columbus Blue Jackets where the Ducks received Columbus's seventh round pick and the Jackets received a conditional seventh round pick for either 2021 or 2022. Alright, so I went back. I, I thought I was done for the day. Alright, fine. So, what happens now? Well, they got pick number 207. And they selected Ethan Bolin from Chilliwack, British Columbia. He is committed to North Dakota next season. But 
team might not be playing in North Dakota if there is no season. Another guy that's going to add some size to the draft pool, or the prospects pool rather, another size type player. Big, big center. He just turned 18 years old, guys. He's still very young. Uh, the skating was okay so far. He does need to develop absolutely. Uh, he's a pretty solid catch and release type of player. Uh, pretty effective on the power play, but again, he only just turned 18 with the Chilliwack Chiefs in, what is that, 102 games. He has scored 70 points, 31 goals, 39 assists. So another depth guy, but I like the pick. And that is all the picks for the Anaheim Ducks this season. And we have been talking for a long, long time here. So I sincerely hope that this breakdown helped you understand where the Ducks went as far as the draft. A couple more notes about the draft. So I had rated this year's draft as a BB+. And the Athletic would agree with me on this. Uh, Here's what ESPN had to say about this year's drafting for the Ducks. They graded the Ducks as an A. Woo. Okay, I thought that was a little bit high of a grade. I thought the Ducks overall did well on the NHL draft this season. But an A, that might be a little bit high with all of those picks. I mean, they were not bad. They were good, solid picks. But an A, I don't know. Here's what ESPN had to say about it. The Ducks had early picks and made the most of them, filling their most urgent system need by selecting a dynamic defenseman at Jamie Drysdale at number 6. He's a deceptive skater with strong puck-moving ability. With the second first-rounder, the Ducks then had the good fortune of Jacob Perot slipping a little against consensus, giving them a higher-end goal scorer to add to the mix, which is something they also desperately needed. Sam Colangelo is a highly skilled big forward who is going to develop for a few years in college. He has the ability to make defenders miss in the offensive zone. The team also went after upside on defense by going with Ian Moore, one of the top prep players available in this draft and a brilliant skater, and Timo Nickel, who can really defend. Alright, so let's see what happens with the Ducks on those picks. Here's what the Athletic said. The Athletic graded this as a B plus. That's exactly where I had him. B plus B grade. I think Anaheim got the best defenseman in the draft in Jimmy Drysdale. A potential top six forward in Jacob Perot and Sam Colangelo will help the Ducks too. I don't mind defensemen Ian Moore and Timo Nickel, but while I like their athletic toolkits, I'm not as confident they make it. Those first three picks are a strong haul though. End quote. And I think that's why I talked about those first three picks in much more depth. I think those top three picks will eventually make the National Hockey League. So those are the grades as far as those picks. And a lot of you graded the Jimmy Drysdale pick as most of you said A, but a lot of you said C, D at the time. Yeah, that pick I graded maybe an A minus B plus. That's fine. That second first round pick, that was such a steal. Wow. Great job by the Ducks in swooping him up. One bit of news before we wrap up, and this came through uh, pretty late Thursday. Uh, The Ducks did make a trade here, and they traded fan favorite Eric Goodbranson. They traded him away. Hmm, This was an interesting move, I thought. He was traded to... 
Ottawa for a 2021 fifth rounds draft pick. This is a salary dump. Uh, it clears $4 million worth of salary cap space ahead of free agency, which begins later today. So Good Branson is only 28 years old. He endeared himself with the fans in the, in the small time he was here in Anaheim. And he's still a pretty solid player. He's going to probably do well for Ottawa's depth. Ottawa still hasn't reached the salary cap floor yet. So they can take on some of these massive contracts next year. And this will help the Ducks in the long run, I think. Because somehow they ran out of most cap space. Now they have plenty of cap space to work with. And now they can go after a couple of guys that have been on their radar for a while. Well, who are they going after? Alright, I'll tell you. They possibly have interest in... Kevin Shattenkirk and Tyson Berry. Tyson Berry is probably the big one that they're going after as far as free agents are concerned. Now they have the cap room. Shattenkirk and Berry are going to be very interesting assets if they can get either of those guys. In the long run, this will help the Ducks because this year they still have the buyout hit for Corey Perry, who's still owed a lot of money. Then they also have the contracts of David Backus and Ryan Getzloff. And then we go into the following season. They have the expansion draft. Then you have re-signing possibly Hampus Lindholm. Maybe Ricard Raquel. Maybe Josh Manson. And it's going to remain a flat cap. It's still going to be $81.5 million because of COVID. So don't forget, it's the flat cap. So there's not going to be a whole lot of space to work with. So if the Ducks can trade away some salary, all the better. And after this coming season, yeah, they can have a lot more room to mess around with and get some very solid contracts. As far as who they can get, Tyson Berry's 29 years old. Uh, he didn't have the best of seasons in Toronto. This might be one of those cases where a fresh start in a new coast could definitely help him out. And this is one of those things that happens often where a player just doesn't work out in one city and then does a lot better in a different city. Uh, case in point, Nazim Kadri. He did pretty well in Toronto, but he really thrived in Colorado last season and during the playoffs. Could be the same thing with Kevin Shattenkirk. He's 31 years old. He's not going to be super cheap, but... He could still be around the two, three million dollar range because the Rangers bought him out. And because they bought him out, he's still going to be owed money later on. So the Ducks could get him at a decent price. So we'll see what happens as free agency begins. And if there are any major deals that happens on Friday, then we will have a show on Saturday. Otherwise, expect a new show on Monday, and we'll break down, uh, we'll break down the trade, and we'll talk a little bit about where the Ducks are going as far as free agency, and what that means for next season. I've been talking for a while; you can probably hear it in my voice. So I'm just going to wrap it up and say thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you want to hear more about the draft picks, feel free to email me at lockedonanaheimducks at gmail.com. Or you can drop me a line 
on my personal Twitter, which is at StimpyJD, or drop me a line on the show's Twitter, which is at LO underscore Ducks. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, and you can hear this podcast and all the podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you hear your podcasts. And make sure to ask your smart device to play Locked On NHL, where you'll get more in-depth coverage of the draft, of free agency. There's a lot going on in the next couple weeks. So we're not done yet. We're still going to be talking quite a bit of hockey as we move towards the start of the 2020-2020. I shouldn't even say 2020. To the start of the 2021 season, because as I mentioned last time, and in case you missed this news, the NHL will not play this calendar year. The absolute earliest they could start is January 1st of 2021. So there you go. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to follow along on the Ducks Twitter. And thanks all once again for Locked on Anaheim Ducks. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great weekend, everyone. Stay safe. Be kind to one another. And Ducks fly together. Fly together.